We live in pivotal, transitional times. And one of the key things we need to do is pray without ceasing. In today's program, what do you do if you've been praying and your prayers appear not to be answered? Stay tuned. Welcome to a standalone program for On the Rock called Divine Delay or Divine Denial, What's Next? We will continue very shortly our Understanding the Bible series because we want to, in every program where the standalone or a Bible series is to give you God's unchanging word for changing time. When you have it, you can build your life on the rock. Well, welcome, friends, as we look at the topic of divine delay, divine denial, what's next. In the early 2020s, we've seen many, many challenges, one after the other after the other. And while this has been a problem, it's also been a solution. You see, unlike past years, we're going through a whole metamorphosis, whether it's pandemic, lockdown, riots, recession, contested elections, you name it. What is less known is that these circumstances have spawned what I would call massive global prayer in a manner we have not seen in a long time, if ever. That's the good news. Let me remind you of a very famous incident in modern history. The year is 1940. Nazi Germany had been on a roll conquering parts of Europe and occupying it. It was thought that after they'd taken Poland and after they'd taken Denmark and taken other countries round about, Czechoslovakia, of course, they went to France and they thought France could withstand the Nazi onslaught. They should have been able to, but they couldn't. Within 40 days, the Nazis had pretty much conquered France and now they were practically at the English Channel, only about 25 kilometers away. Positioned there were half a million French and British troops at a place called Dunkirk. Were they going to fight to the death? Were they going to evacuate? And if they fought to the death, what about the Nazis making a straight run across the English Channel and conquering the United Kingdom? It was very dark, dire days. What did they do about it? And there were all kinds of advice what to do, like surrender, sue for peace, move the British Navy to the United States for safekeeping. But what was interesting is that the king at that time, George VI, he called for a day of prayer. Apparently, even the Archbishop of Canterbury wasn't in favor of a day of prayer. Now, please don't ask me why. I don't have the details. But all I know is the king prevailed and they prayed. What is amazing is that even though Hitler was only 25 kilometers or 15 miles from the besieged French and British troops, he stopped. He didn't go any further. In fact, not only didn't go further, but eventually he'd go the other way and attack the Soviet Union, which was the beginning of the end for Hitler. Maybe it was a coincidence, but more likely it was an answer to prayer. Prayer has changed history. And of course, the British had the backbone of steel to withstand the Nazi blitzkrieg afterward. And that's why their prime minister at the time, Churchill, said this was their finest hour. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer also made a difference in the smooth transition of power from Ferdinand Marcos to Corazon Aquino in 1986. Prayer made the difference between the short-lived first Gulf War 
of January, February 1991, which liberated Kuwait. Prayer made a difference with the peaceful transition of power from apartheid to multi-ethnic, multi-racial South Africa. And prayer will make a difference in everything we face now. The question is, what happens if you pray fervently, as, long, as well as many others, and it seems like God's answer delays or seems to even deny? What happens next? That's what we're going to deal with. If you're in a given situation, which can happen, that there's much prayer, fasting, prophetic words, but the circumstance seems to go exactly the opposite of what you can expect. There will be confusion, and there will be discouraged believers out there. They'll stop praying. They want to give up. Whatever the situation may be, pandemics, lockdowns, elections, unjust legislation, whatever it is, did God actually say no? Did God say wait? The no is a denial. The wait is a delay. Is there unconfessed sin that is holding back God's answer? Are the people praying, praying amiss? Is it over? Or is there more to come? Should we persevere? Is revival tarrying? Or are we on the cusp of revival? These questions are more than million-dollar questions. They are very important. Here is my point of view as one that's been serving the Lord for years and teaching His Word. My personal assessment is that when there is a massive prayer impetus, especially a global one, God is pleased when his people come to pray. God hears those prayers, and God has every intention to answer the prayers. But we have to remember, God's answer will be in his own way and in his own time. God is not bound up or dependent on any one individual, any group of individuals, any one institution or group thereof. He is certainly not bound by man-made timetables. Time is in his hands, and as the sovereign of the universe, he is able to pick and choose the people, the place, and the date to do his mighty work. And by the way, it may seem like God is in no hurry, but when he begins to act, he does so enormously. One of the events I didn't mention where prayer made a massive difference was the peaceful end of the Cold War between 1989 and 1991, the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think it was the 9th of November, 1989. This was an answer to prayer. No question about it. Not only did it end the Cold War without conflict, no, how should we say, Armageddon-like battle between the Soviet Union and its allies and the United States and its allies. That didn't happen, thank God. But when it all began to unravel. It did so with great speed. Those are some of the headiest days of living memory, where one country in Central Europe after the other broke free from communism. Amazing. It was an answer to prayer, but it happened quickly. Boom, 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 boom. God can work quickly again. Now, remember the questions. Did God say no, wait, praying amiss, more to come? Are we in revival? Are we not in revival? Here are some things to consider. First of all, if you feel the call to prayer, and I hope you do, you can make a difference locally, nationally, internationally. Understand that prayer 
is not for special occasions. It is a lifestyle. And we are called to persevere in prayer. Or actually, another way to call it is 1 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray without ceasing. Excuse me. Pray without ceasing. If we're not getting the answers we seek, then what should we do? Keep praying. We are called to persevere in prayer, full stop. Jesus tells us as much in his famous Sermon on the Mount, the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verse 7, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. And he goes on to say, for everyone that asks, receives, seeks, they will find. Knock, the door shall be open. But please note the progression here. And that is a persistent person that goes from merely asking to diligent seeking, and from diligent seeking to knocking, if not banging on the door, until it's open. Remember, we will reap the results of prayer if we persist and we do not give up. Just look at Galatians 6, 9. Or in due season you shall reap if you do not faint. As we pray, if, and it's only an if, there is a personal sin issue or a corporate sin issue. Or if we're praying amiss, the Holy Spirit will make that known to you and then you can fix it accordingly. Repentance is part of it. Or instead of praying for the wrong thing, start praying for the right thing. But remember, there's a golden promise in Hebrews eleven six that God rewards anyone and everyone who diligently seeks him. Not casually inquires, diligently seeks. Very important point. So perseverance in prayer is point one. Point two, prevailing prayer. Prevailing prayer equals prevailing blessing. Well, that's a great word. So what does it mean to prevail? To prevail means to be more powerful than the opposition. Even while you wait for God's answer, your continued prayer will attract divine blessing like a magnet. You shall prevail if you persist, and you shall prevail if you never give up. So prevailing prayer equals prevailing blessing. That's a second point. Number three, the overcomer. If you are not familiar with this term, go to the book of Revelation. There are seven letters to seven churches in chapters two and three, and Jesus gives an incentive for those individual churches in Asia Minor, on the west coast of Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, seven churches. The incentive is to the person and to the church that overcomes, I will do so many things. But I might add that it's the last church, Laodicea, in Revelation 3. It is the lukewarm, materialistic, self-sufficient, distracted church nothing to commend to them. Jesus doesn't give them one compliment, but sternly rebukes them, not only for their lukewarmness, but for the fact that you are totally clueless, that they're poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked, not rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, which is what they thought they were. But he didn't say this because he hated them. Far from it. He spoke strong words because he loves them. That's why. As many as I love, he says in verse 19 of Revelation 3, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Remember, he's saying this not in an evangelistic meeting. He's saying this to a church. He's saying it, in a sense, to all of us who walk 
and live under the name of Jesus. So they were given an amazing promise in Revelation 3. Laodicea was promised if they would overcome, they could sit with Christ on his throne, even as he also overcame and is now set at the right hand of God on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The whole idea is if we're seeking God for a very important issue or situation, and believe me, friends, there's plenty to seek God about. If you don't know what to seek him about, just listen on. You'll be given plenty of pointers of the things out there that are needful. We need, of course, revival. We need economic turnaround. Uh, There's a big debt issue. Of course, there's challenges in society, challenges in the family. There's a disturbing trend towards autocracy and loss of freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, and so on. It's These things are the exception in human history, not the rule. But if you don't diligently guard them, then you can see them erode or even lose them. There's plenty of things to pray about. And remember, we're mad at nobody. We love everybody. We pray. And we obey, as the Holy Spirit tells us to do. Incredibly important point. We don't just hide in the prayer closet and nobody ever sees us. There are times we have to come out and do whatever God tells us to do. But there is an amazing, wonderful promise for everyone who overcomes, whether they're from Laodicea, from Sardis, from Ephesus, from Thyatira, from Philadelphia, and you name it, and Smyrna too. And that is this. In Revelation 21, verse 7, it says, He that overcomes shall inherit all things. Now, that's in the authorized version. I like it. He that overcomes shall inherit all things. This season of waiting helps to forge perseverance, but also overcoming power is part of the deal that happens with the prayer. Why else are we still praying and waiting for breakthrough, especially when we're praying right on, we're praying with a pure heart, we're praying persistently? Well, one of the things we learn, and that's number four, is to keep standing. Remember the promise and the exhortation of Ephesians 6. I love the epistle to the Ephesians, It's very inspiring. It will not only make you feel good, it will make you good. You will learn of who you are in Christ and of the rich, outstanding, priceless inheritance you found in him. And there's so many blessings in Ephesians. I don't even want to start. But what is interesting is at the very end of the epistle, almost like a P.S. postscript, we are told, By the way, as you are seated in heavenly places, as you measure the love of God, as you get the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, oh, by the way, put on the whole armor of God. Because you're living a victorious Christian life, the spiritual activity, both good and evil, is more intense than if you're just living in a carnal way. Therefore, we're told that the stakes are high, giving up is not an option, we have to stand and keep standing. That's Ephesians 6, 11, and 13. To stand and to keep standing is made possible by being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's Ephesians 6, verse 10. It is a command. Let me say it again. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Because after you've done everything you can do, you will still be standing. Revival takes stamina. 
and prevailing, persevering, overcoming, keep standing prayer will help you gain such stamina. It's called being filled with the Spirit. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. But in the meantime, remember to visit us at our YouTube channel for Teach All Nations and to log in to Global Pulpit, 20 minutes of inspiration and future-ready advice. Speaking of future-ready, go to our homepage and at the bottom, subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, helping you to prepare for your God-given future with articles from the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for teaching us to persevere, to prevail, to overcome, to keep standing. Lord, life in this fallen world is not for the faint-hearted, but you will strengthen your people. You will bless your people, provide for your people, protect your people, and you'll do so not from trouble, but in trouble, as Psalm 91 says, and you'll do so making sure they always come out victorious and on top. Bless each and every one, regardless of who they are, regardless of their spiritual condition. Bless them so they can be a blessing and draw them closer to yourself. In Christ's name, amen.